There's a lot of conversation these days about what is happening in the United States, particularly as it relates to Christians and what looks to many to be the beginning of persecution of people in the United States for their faith. Well, my guest today has an awful lot of experience when it comes to persecution for faith. Todd Nettleson is the Chief of Media Relations and Message Integration for The Voice of the Martyrs USA and the host of The Voice of Martyrs Radio. Todd serves as the voice for persecuted Christians, inspiring U.S. Christians with the faithfulness of Christ followers in 70 plus nations where they face persecution simply for claiming the name of Jesus. This is going to be a wonderful conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So Todd, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. So I have actually talked about your organization several times on the show for different reasons. And so it really is an honor to have you here. But for listeners who are not familiar with Voice of the Martyrs, give us a little bit of a history of the organization. I know it was founded by a a wonderful couple who actually were held hot. They were taken prisoner for their faith in communist Romania, correct? Yeah. One of the unique things. So Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry to help persecuted Christians. Uh, That's what we exist to do to help them in more than 70 countries where Christians are persecuted right now. And then in America to do what I'm doing, to tell their stories, to invite American Christians to know what's happening, to be able to pray effectively, pray knowledgeably for our persecuted family around the world. And like you say, one of the distinctives, I think, about VOM is our founders were persecuted Christians. They, they knew what it was like to be persecuted. They knew what it was like to go to jail for their faith. Pastor Richard Wormbrand spent 14 years in prison in communist Romania, three of those years in a solitary confinement cell. So for three years, locked in solitary confinement, no contact with the outside world. The guards actually wore padded padded shoes so he couldn't even hear the guards walking outside of his cell and uh, just incredibly isolated, incredible suffering that he went through. His wife, Sabina, was held in prison for three years. Um, So both of them went to prison. When they came to the West, it's interesting, before they left Romania, they were actually ransomed out of the country. So Christians in the West paid a ransom to the communist government to allow them to leave. And before they left, the secret police took Pastor Wormbrand aside. They said, Pastor Wormbrand, you're going to the West. Uh, You can talk about the Bible all you want. You can talk about God all you want, but don't talk about us. Don't talk about what we did to you. Um, Pastor Wormbrand came to the West and did exactly what they told him not to do. He began to share. He shared about the solitary cell. He shared about the prison. He shared about the torture. And more than just telling his his own story, he would say, there are still pastors in those prisons. And Christians like you and me, we hear that and we say, okay, well, how do we help them? What can we do for those pastors? That's really how the Voice of the Martyrs was founded, was to be an answer to that question, to be a bridge uh, between the church in restricted nations and the church in America. And it's easy, I think, for for Christians, particularly here in Western culture, you know, we can feel sort of um, protected from that, isolated from it. But the fact is people are being persecuted for their faith all around the globe. It's happening right now in places like China and Iran. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's happening in 2023 as it relates to the persecuted church. 
Well, it, it does seem far away from us uh, as we go to church on Sunday and we don't think about, you know, who's going to come through the door. When we have visitors, we celebrate and welcome them. Hey, man, we're so glad you're here this week. Instead of thinking now, is that a spy or is that someone who's genuinely wants to be here? Like oh, man. those thought processes don't even register with us. It did register a little bit in COVID. I have to say, I mean, as somebody from from, you know, a massive lockdown state like Washington, we had people in our churches who if you didn't have a mask on, if you weren't social distancing, you know, if they felt like you did anything wrong, boy, I'll tell you what, you got turned into the health department. And it was a really bizarre uh, I, I'm, uh, the governor here said that there couldn't be more than two people singing at a time on the stage. And if there was, they turned you in. And I remember looking at my husband someday. Can you imagine? Can you like this on the regular only for your faith? It's just it was a little taste, I think, of some of what uh, people around the world experience. It, it is a little bit of a taste. And I'll, I'll never forget being in Nigeria several years ago. And it was a Sunday morning and we drove by a church. The parking lot was empty, but there were cars all parked out in the road. And mm-hmm. I asked our host, I'm like, what's going on? Why aren't they using the parking lot? And he's like, well, we've had enough car bombings now that the church doesn't want to let the cars get close to the building. So everyone parks out in the street and then they walk in from the street. That way, nobody can pull up close to the building and blow up their car and blow up the church. And it's like, again, we not something that we contemplate, yeah. not, not no. something that we think about, you know, hey, we need to monitor the cars in our parking lot and make sure they don't get close to the building. But right. that's reality in Northern Nigeria. That's reality in China. Uh, I think of a pastor named Pastor Wang Yi, who led an unregistered church in China and is now serving a nine-year prison sentence simply for the crime of leading an unregistered church. Uh, I think of the nation of Eritrea. Eritrea is a, a small country in the northeastern corner of Africa. Probably a lot of our listeners, uh, it would take them a couple minutes on a map to find it. I was going to say, I don't know where that is. I mean, I'm a homeschool <laughs> mom and I'm feeling it, kind of, kind of geographically illiterate. Ethiopia. Everyone should go and look it up. Um, right now, somewhere between 300 and 350 Christians are in prison in Eritrea. And not a single one of them has had a trial. Not a single one of them has had a lawyer. Not a single one of them has even been formally charged with a crime. Uh, You just get picked up by the police. You disappear into the prison system. And maybe it's weeks later, you get out. Maybe it's years later. Uh, In July, there were two pastors on the same day in July that spent their 7,000th day in prison. Uh, A thousand weeks they've been in prison. And again, no charges, no trial. They don't have a sentence that they're kind of counting down till the end of. They just are in prison and they don't know when or if they'll ever get out. And that's reality in Eritrea. That's reality in other places around the world. So persecution is very, very real. And it is happening right now in more than 70 countries. And we're part of the body of Christ. Uh, The Bible says when one part of the body suffers, we're all supposed to feel that pain. But if we're completely disconnected, there's no way we can honor that scripture. There's no way we can feel that pain. And yeah. so that's a part of the Voice of the Martyrs ministry is, is connecting up the different parts of the body of Christ so that when Pastor Wang Yi is in prison for nine years, we can pray for him. We can know what's happening. We can pray for his wife. We can pray for their son. Um, that connection point allows us to honor that scripture, to follow that scripture, to really feel the pain of our brothers and sisters who are suffering for Christ. Wow. It's it's almost unfathomable. And yet this is happening every single day around the world. You said that you were in North Africa. 
recently, and you noted that most of the persecution that Christians are experiencing there is not coming from the government, but rather from families. What what uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, this was a very interesting thing because these are Islamic nations. We we talk to people who are living or working or have lived and worked in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt. So all across the top of Africa. And in almost every case, the persecution started with their own family. Uh, we talked to a pastor, this, this story really frustrates me, but we talked to a pastor, a young lady in his congregation went away to university. She met some Christians and she met Jesus through them. She was introduced to Christ. She left Islam behind. When she went home, she was so excited about this. Uh, she wanted to tell everybody. She told her family, she told her friends, man, I'm not a Muslim anymore. I met Jesus. You, you should meet him too. And her mother, her own mother told her, you know, it would be better for me if you said you were a prostitute than oh, wow. you saying that you're a Christian. It would bring less shame on our family to have a daughter who's a prostitute than to have a daughter who's a Christian, who has left Islam behind, who's an apostate. And I honestly, I think that's harder than if the police come and arrest you because the you don't know the police. Like this is your mom who's saying this mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And, but we heard it again and again and again. We heard, we talked to another young man, his own mother told him, after he had to flee his family because he became a Christian. And then later he had to flee his country. He is now really a man without a country. Uh, but after he fled his family, he talked to his mom on the phone and she said, we are going to find you. And when we do, we're going to kill you. Um, and again, that that's his own mother who is saying this to him. And I, I just can't imagine that, but it's certainly, and, and I hope even by sharing these stories and uh, we've had some of these conversations on our podcast on VOM radio, Hopefully that equips people to pray as they think about, well, what would you do if your own mom called you up and said, hey, we're coming for you and we're going to kill you? Um, how would that break your heart? How would you process that? How would you work through that? Hopefully that helps us pray for our brothers and sisters in North Africa, because that is the, the common form of persecution. Now, there are times the government or the police will get involved, but typically it is at the instigation of the family members. If they feel wow. like they've persecuted you, but they haven't really changed your mind, then they might call the police. They might call the authorities and say, hey, we've we've tried to get our son. We've tried to get our daughter back on track. It hasn't worked. Now we want the police to step in. And so that's really how police persecution happens is, again, at the instigation of the family. Man, such a dark, it's such a darkness because the pain of that, I mean, uh, it, it's a, it's a very real, that those familial ties are strong as they should be. That's what God created. And to hear that is just, uh, it's, and it's so devastating. One of the interesting thing we heard, I, we talked to a pastor who said, you know, when someone comes to faith, we encourage them to stay in their home, to stay with their family. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's the family who's persecuting them. How, how could you leave them in harm's way? Yeah, no and he kidding. said two things. He said, number one, in our culture, all of your opportunities in life come through family connections. Your opportunity for education, your opportunity for a job, your opportunity to find a, st a spouse, all of that is through these family relationships. And so if you leave the family, you have none of those opportunities. You're completely cut mm -hmm. off. But then he said the second thing, and this is the, the more exciting reason. He said, if that person will stay in their home, and if they will withstand the pressure from their family, he said, typically within a year, we will see at least one other family member come to faith. 
because they see Jesus made a difference. Look at how Jesus changed my sister. Look at how Jesus changed my brother. Look at how they've responded with love, even as our family has really put them through hell. Man, I want to know more about this Jesus. Can, can you tell me more about him? And so that was the, the good side of the story was, hey, if that person will stay in the home and if they'll persevere and be faithful, somebody else in that family is going to come to Christ in, in a year or so. Wow, that's amazing. You guys are doing something really cool over at Voice of the Martyrs Radio, um, interviewing some of these people, and you have incredible stories to tell. Tell us a little bit about that podcast, because I'd like to uh, I'd like to move a bunch of my audience that direction. I would love it if you would. Uh, VOMradio.net is the website, or you can just search for Voice of the Martyrs, search for VOM Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are talking to people. In fact, I, I some of the interviews I had in North Africa, we recorded, we have broadcast those or shared them in the podcast stream. And so it literally is like, hey, you you come to North Africa with me and let's sit down and let's talk to this pastor. Let's hear their story. And so in some cases, we have to change a name. Uh, in some cases, we have to disguise a voice in order to protect them. Um, but it is like you're sitting down having a cup of tea with a pastor in North Africa. And so that's what we do, that's what we share on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We also share conversations with some of our VOM staff who are in and out of these countries all the time. And so they'll come back from a trip and I'll say, hey, come in the studio. Let's sit down. Let's talk about your trip. Who did you meet? What stories did you hear? What's it like to be a Christian in Vietnam? What's it like to be a Christian right now in Indonesia? Uh, what's it like to be a Christian in Iran? Those are questions we ask and and have people who are knowledgeable. In some cases, they're from there. They live there. In some cases, they still live there. Uh, in some cases, they're a VOM staff member who goes in and out and visits people from that country. Uh, but it is a great way to hear what God is doing around the world. And I always try to end the conversations with, okay, how do we pray? Um, because I want VOM radio listeners to be prayer warriors on behalf of persecuted Christians. And so that last question is, hey, how do we pray for people in Vietnam? How do we pray for the church? How do we pray for the country as a whole? What can we do? And uh, I love the letters from listeners that say, hey, every week at the end of the podcast, I've got my notebook out. I'm writing down those prayer requests and I'm praying. Our family's praying for those things. Um, that always gives me a boost when I hear those kind of stories. So that's what Voice of the Martyrs Radio is. And, and again, I would invite all of your listeners. Uh, I always tell people, if you've never listened before, Search for the episode with Sister Amber. You can just search for Sister Amber. Uh, she was arrested in Tibet. She has a, a terrible story in of Tibet. suffering, uh, but an amazing story. Of, uh, yeah, amazing story of God speaking to her, ministering to her, empowering her in the midst of her suffering um, to the point that, and I'll just share a little. So she was doing gospel work. She was arrested. She was she she never said the full extent of her suffering in at the hands of the the authorities there. Uh, but in the midst of her suffering, she said God really spoke to her heart and said, "Amber, they're not persecuting you. They're persecuting mm -hmm. me." And he said, "She she sensed God asking her, can I borrow your body to receive my persecution?'" Uh, and in the midst of that horrible suffering, she said, yes, Lord, you can borrow my body to receive your persecution. And it is an amazing story. I, I tell people, if you listen to Sister Amber and you're not blessed, um, you'll never be blessed by anything we do on VOM Radio. Uh, and I think if you do listen to Sister Amber, you're going to want to listen to more. So I, if you've never listened before, I always encourage people, that's a great place to start.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get asked all the time about our favorite books for family devotions, and you guys, it's so good to just read the Bible. It doesn't have to be hard. The Bible in Stories is an excellent tool, and as we head into Christmas, it's a great gift for your children or your grandchildren. It has generational impact when we read the Bible to our kids. The Bible in Stories is for all ages. It's not just a kid's book. It covers 400 Bible stories has hand-drawn, beautiful, biblically accurate pictures to help you remember what you're reading, and it has a topical index, so you don't have to know the Bible to be able to find what you're looking for. With over 17,000 testimonials, you guys know this is a high-quality product. I think you're going to love it for generations in your family. Go to BibleInStories.com forward slash Heidi and use the coupon code Heidi for a free digital coloring book of the first 50 stories. That's BibleInStories.com forward slash Heidi. And don't forget, use the coupon code Heidi. Wow, that's amazing. A couple of things is, you know, sort of coming to my mind, a little off script, I guess, as you're talking. You know, I've heard you mention several times now people that are staffers for Voice of the Martyrs and uh, other people that work with you going in and out of these countries. And I'm like, that the thought of that just terrifies me, right? As a Christian, like, how do you just be like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we just went into, you know, communist China or wherever it is that you are, northern North Africa. And you know that there are people there, many of them, in fact, probably the majority of these countries hostile toward Christianity. How does one simply go in and out, Todd? <laughs> I guess that has me that has um, me a little bit befuddled. Like, how, how is that happening? <laughs> uh, it's probably better not to discuss a lot of details publicly about that. But you're um, able to do it. But That's I think just one shocking thing- to me, I guess. One thing I would say, though, and and I know I speak for all of us here at VOM, we're very aware that a Christian who meets with us from that country is taking a much greater risk yes. than we are. Um, we have a plane ticket. We're going to get on a plane and we're going to leave. They're still going to be there. Um, and so we're very much aware that that the brothers and sisters who agree to meet with us and agree to share their stories they are that that's an incredible act of courage on their part to be willing to do that and to uh, be willing to be associated with us. And so that's the thing that I'm always very conscientious of is I'm there's a certain amount of risk I'm willing to take. Uh, I don't want to add yeah. to their risk. I don't want to add to their yeah. suffering. And so that's something that I think about. That's something all of our overseas staff think about is, okay, how how do we do this in a way that doesn't create more, pressure and more persecution for our brothers and sisters that were there to serve. Yeah, because it's so important that their stories are told. It is so important that uh, that the God's people around the world understand what's happening so that we know how to pray. And I think it's easy for people to feel like, oh, all I'm doing is praying, but prayer is powerful. And I know you believe that uh, wholeheartedly yeah. there at Voice of the Martyrs, because that's what you're encouraging people to do, right? Is to really... Uh, you know, storm the gates of heaven on behalf of these brothers and sisters. It is the first thing that persecuted Christians ask us to do 
every time we go, every time we ask them, hey, you know, I, I say, I'm going to go back to America. I'm going to talk to Christians there. How can they help you? The first thing they say every single time is pray for us. Uh, and, and it's not a prayer request, Lord, pray that we won't suffer anymore. It is a prayer request, Lord, help us to be faithful in the midst of our suffering. Mm -hmm. um, so they want us to pray that they will be faithful. I'll never forget a, a pastor from Vietnam that I met who said, when you pray for Vietnam, you are working with us in Vietnam. Uh, and I always try to take that attitude of, hey, when I'm praying for North Africa, I'm working in North Africa. When I'm praying for Vietnam, I'm working in Vietnam. They really see the power of prayer. I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, more than we do. Like, like you said, we think, oh, that's all I can do is pray. Well, no, that's the most important thing yes. you can do. That's the most it's powerful, so powerful thing you can do. Yeah. Because you're accessing God's power mm -hmm. instead of counting on your power. Mm -hmm. So um, I just encourage people. And, and like I say, it's the first thing persecuted Christians ask us to do is to pray wow. for them. You wrote a book uh, called When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines uh, with Persecuted Christians. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the book is a is a 40-day journey to come with me on a trip and let's spend every day for 40 days sitting down with a persecuted Christian and hearing their story. Um, and and the promise I have as as the author is your faith will look different on day 41 because there's no way that you can spend 40 days with persecuted Christians and then just go back like it was before. It is going to be different. Mm -hmm. You are going to take it more seriously. And uh, one of the things that I tried to do in the book is really create an entry point for American Christians who are by and large not persecuted. Like we hear a story of someone who went to prison for their faith or their spouse was killed for their faith. It's hard for us to think, okay, so what do I do with this story? <laughs> what, what, what am I supposed right. to learn from this? Um, and so there are some sort of thought questions and some journaling space with each day's reading to help you think about, okay, nobody's putting a gun to my head, but I still want to be faithful. Mm -hmm. I still want to rise to the challenge that I face. How do I do that? What does this look like for me? And so it is a, it has been very well received. It's been a blessing. Uh, I, my favorite letter that I've gotten so far. So it's a 40 day plan. It's got 40 daily readings. Uh, and I got a letter from a lady. I, I want to say she was in Maryland and she said, dear Todd, Thank you for your book. I really enjoyed it. I know I was supposed to read it over 40 days, but I read it in seven hours and 13 minutes. And I was like, oh, Holy okay, well, moly. that's all right. So, <laughs> so she's like, I'm sorry that I read so fast. Uh, but I, she said, I just couldn't, couldn't, put I it couldn't down. stop. So I, I had to go on to the next yeah. day. Um, the, the stars of the book are the brothers and sisters that I've met over the last 25 years who share their stories, mm. who've been in prison who have forgiven the people who harmed them or harmed their spouse, even killed their spouse. Um, they're the heroes of the story. And this book is, is really an invitation to, Hey, you come with me. Let's go, let's go meet them. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's hear their stories. Wow. Wow. I can't, I can't wait to get my hands on that. When faith is forbidden, uh, 40 days on the front lines with persecuted Christians. You said that you got some good news recently from inside Gaza. And uh, I don't know about the rest of the listeners today, but I could certainly, I could certainly use some good news, Todd. So uh, hit us. What what what's going on? There is ministry happening inside Gaza, even in the midst of a war. And uh, we heard from our contacts in that part of the world. Uh, there are Christians who have maybe had to been forced out of their homes. Maybe their homes was damaged. Maybe their homes were destroyed. 
they are now living in shelters, mm. but inside those shelters, they are sharing the gospel. Uh, they are talking about Jesus. They are introducing people to Jesus, and they're finding more openness than they did before the war started. There, there are people, and and I think we can understand your home's just been destroyed. Yep. Uh, death is is a part of your conversation every single day. Eternity is a part of your thought process every single day. Um, they are finding openness in sharing the gospel, and so. Uh, it, it's it's not a situation any of us would wish for, uh, but God is using it to advance the kingdom. And I think, like you say, that is good news in, in the midst of bad news. And I think we forget, you know, there are Christians in Israel right now who, in the midst of all this, are sharing the gospel, committed to sharing the gospel. And people in both Israel and in Gaza, Palestinians and Israelis are coming to Christ. They are. It was very interesting to me in the first days of the war we got prayer requests from pastors on both sides, on the Israel side and in Gaza. And their prayer request was almost word for word, exactly the same. They said, yep. pray that we can represent Jesus well in the midst of this conflict, in the midst of this upheaval. We want to we want to be good citizens. We want to be good gospel representatives. Pray that God will empower us to do that. And I thought, you know, how interesting that that on both sides of the wall, on both sides of the war, there are people who are asking us to pray, not for their side, not for any outcome, but pray that we can represent Jesus well in the midst of this. Um, and I, I think that's a good prayer request for us every day too. Lord, help me to represent you well. Oh man, it's so important. And and I, as we were touching on just a little bit before we started recording today, we're seeing you know the beginnings of people in the United States being persecuted, certainly mocked and maligned out publicly now. And, uh, you know, 50 years ago, this would have been unthinkable. But we're watching, the, for example, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, being mocked openly for his faith now, not only on the floor of the House of Representatives, but in mainstream culture in the United States. And uh, what's happening to our brothers and sisters across the world in parts of the country where we are used to hearing about persecution, and it used to feel, oh, that's 10,000 miles away, or you know, that'll never happen here. We're starting to see glimmers of that. And we need to be praying for uh, for our own brothers and sisters right here at home, right? To be standing for the gospel and to be proclaiming his name boldly wherever we live right now. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you look at the cultural winds in the United States, they are certainly not blowing in a yes. pro-biblical truth direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and And we have to prepare for that. And I, you know, as a parent and last year I became a grandparent as a grandparent, I, I, this is a priority to me. How do we prepare yes. our kids? How do we prepare our grandkids? And, you know, I think, I think there's two ways that I would say one is obviously studying the scripture. The, the Bible has a lot to say about persecution. It has a lot to say about standing up under trial. Mm. The second thing though, is the stories of Christians who've already been persecuted. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I love football, and so if if I was using a football analogy, if I'm going to play the Chiefs this Sunday, I want to watch the film of the team that beat the Chiefs last Sunday because I want to see, hey, what plays did they run? What worked? What didn't work? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be persecuted next year, I want to watch the film of people who've already been persecuted mm -hmm. and came out of it with a smile on their face and came out of it with their faith, not, not just intact, but their faith stronger than it was when they started that season of persecution. If I'm going to be persecuted, those are the that's the film I want to watch. That those are the stories that I want to study and look at. And so, 
that's a key part of Voice of the Martyrs. That's why we publish books. That's why we send out a free monthly magazine. That's why we do VOM Radio, to help you see these stories. And I think all of us, the natural question, every single one of these stories is, okay, what would I do? What would I do if they killed my spouse? What would I do if they threw me in prison? And I, I think we... We know what we want to say we would do, right? I, like, I, like I know what the right answer is, but I'm when the guns come out, I'm not really sure how I would be, and and that drives us to prayer and say, Lord, Lord, I know what the right answer is. Help me to have the strength. Help yeah. me to have the courage. Help me to have the faith to give that answer, even in the time of trial. Man, it's so important. And uh, what you guys are doing, obviously, you know, I've been aware, and a lot of people have been aware of Voice of the Martyrs for a long time. It's wonderful, Todd, to have you on the show and just sort of put a, a face and a fresh voice to the work that you all are doing. People can find you at Persecution. Dot com And again, how can they find uh, Voice of the Martyrs Radio? How do they find the podcast? Persecution.com. We've actually got a link there. Or vomradio.net is the website. Or just search for Voice of the Martyrs or VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on all the different podcast services. Awesome. Well, now you've been on the Heidi St. John podcast, and I'm so thankful that you've been here. And uh, just we're going to continue to pray. I'd love to have you back on. Uh, as things develop around the world and we can keep our audience engaged because you're absolutely right. The power of prayer, I think we forget sometimes how powerful prayer is that we serve the same God today who raised Jesus from the dead and he is Amen. capable of protecting uh, protecting our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are suffering for his namesake. So uh, Todd, it's been wonderful to have you here. I just appreciate the work that you're doing and I hope you come back on again soon. I would look forward to that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. For more information on today's guest, you guys can go to persecution.com or as always, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the show notes and all this information will be there, including a link to Todd's book. I hope you guys will take the opportunity to order it today and to uh, really begin praying as we enter into a brand new year for the men and women around the globe who are being persecuted for the name of Jesus. Thank you guys so much for listening. Get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.